That's pretty fun. I've He's got on a hinge. record player that was made in 2014. <laughs> it came out of season five. <laughs> I like vintage dresses when they hold us feel my knees. I'm sure they love listening to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Live. Wait, no. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't use that. <laughs> it's staying. Don't in. use my stupidity. <laughs> I will not be editing it out. <laughs> no. Okay. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. I guess we could call this season two. Like, <laughs> it's been a while. Sure. Yes. Uh, welcome to us. Fresh new spin um, on Goodreads Better Friends. It's the same, but uh, first episode in like eight months. Uh, the last one was in September, I believe. Oh, did we do an episode in September? Uh, mm, uh, I think so. We oh, might have recorded okay. it in No, August. I think we did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember, uh, because I was looking at some of my books, and I was like, I was like, man, I feel like I've talked about these already. Yes, <laughs> I felt that way about uh, books and TV shows. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, surely I've brought this up before, and then also I realized I don't, like, have, like, an idea for any idea when anything happens. Like, there's no, like, timeline in my head for, like... When yes. Brody and I went through our watching Love on the Spectrum phase, I don't oh. know what time of year that was even. <laughs> I don't know. So you're like, it happened at some point <laughs> last year. Yes, can't so, tell you when. <laughs> I might have talked about some of these things, and it's it's fine. You can. It, I'm doing short blurbs about things, so it's like whatever. I wonder if that's like a neurodivergent thing, not being able to remember things chronologically, because I Possibly. definitely can't either. Yeah, I have a very hard time pinpointing when things happen Mm -hmm. like I think like oh yes uh this life event happened when I was eight years old and then it like turns out it was like when I was six and I'm like oh stuff like that yeah it's so weird (laughs) but anyway uh I'm Aisha (laughs) I'm Morgan (laughs) uh you should know us by now (laughs) or maybe you're just starting here which is fine we don't do like chronological I tell people that they can jump in anytime so If you don't know that, now you do know that. And we do prefer the later episodes over the earlier ones. That's so. very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like, sure. What did we say? Like episode five? The well, actually, I un- we unpublished the two that we were like, oh, these are real bad. <laughs> the one where I had too much fucking yeah. wine or we whatever. We wasted on <laughs> it. I had to edit down from like four hours of recording. <laughs> to be fair, it was like... In the midst of the pandemic. True. We were, we were recording remotely. We were going through some stuff. <laughs> I was chugging through wine. I was too. I think I had a whole bottle. <laughs> Me during too. That. I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. So, uh. <laughs> there was also some bathroom breaks and stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So, like, there were chunks of just silence that I had to edit out. I think there was, like, a point where BN was chasing a ball around the living room. <laughs> so, we had to, like wait for her to get that out of her system <laughs> so that we could play again. Yeah, uh, so. It was a little we're, wild. We're way more professional now. Because <laughs> our sure. original idea was like we were going to drink while we did this, but it turns out we're fucking unhinged when we drink, so we uh, can't do that. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally in control of myself when I drink. I don't do anything embarrassing. <laughs> 
I'm definitely not super loud. No, not at all. <laughs> I don't make a total fool of myself. <laughs> um, I'm actually more charming when I'm drunk. <laughs> so. That's why I always say, like, when I go out, I have to, like, I have to, like, get a couple drinks in my system, and then I'll be good. Like, yeah. I'll socialize. Well, and that's my issue, is I feel good, and I'm like, I want to feel like this forever. I gotta mm-hmm. drink more. And then it's a crash and burn after yeah. that. That's why I don't keep alcohol in my house. Mm-hmm. Smart. Now, I'm actually able to behave with alcohol in my house. It's when I'm out that I can't get my shit together. I can have a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. It's the socializing that I'm like, I have to drink a lot so I can be a person. Yeah, like, so I cannot be awkward or not, like, feel a little insecure. Exactly. It puts me a little outside of my body, so it's, like, nice. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Hi. (laughs) If you're sober, we also really encourage that and appreciate that. (laughs) It just happens that alcohol helps me be a person. Yeah. And then become unhinged. (laughs) Only when going out, then. (laughs) Yeah, yes. (laughs) And then we come on hinge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's been a minute since we did an episode. And yeah. I think our last episode was a catch-up episode, wasn't yeah. it? And yeah, so it this is another catch-up episode. Yeah. Catch-up episode. Man, I really did skip that in my brain because I was like, man, I feel like the last time we recorded it was like the poetry episode. That's but what I have thought too. And <laughs> I think even after the poetry, we did the you episode. Oh, so there's another one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we're not too bad off. Well, I guess I should put my phone on silent. <laughs> I I mentioned earlier that we're way more professional than we used to be. <laughs> and then her phone rings. <laughs> I'm sure you still believe that. <laughs> I actually, that just reminded me to put mine on silent, too, because my phone is buzzing like crazy today. Ooh, she popular. <laughs> I don't like being popular. <laughs> yeah, That's the difference between me and other people. The notifications stack up, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it's so, it's too much sometimes. I'm like, mm-hmm. my brain doesn't have space to look at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta prepare, mm-hmm. even for friends. Mm, yep. But anyway, you wanna jump into this? <laughs> yes, there, those are, have been our tangents so far. <laughs> so far. You will hear more. <laughs> I guarantee it. We're starting with books or media absorption. Mm, I don't care. Okay, <laughs> you wanna rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> We need to have a radio gold. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) What are we rock paper scissors for? Who goes first? Okay, yeah, this doesn't make sense. We need a hat with everything in it, so we could just be like, okay, let's choose this for us. Random number generator. Random number generator. (laughs) If it's odd, we'll do media absorption. If it's even, we'll do books. Sound good? Yes. Just gotta look. <laughs> it's odd. All right, you can just go first. I don't care, unless you want me to go first. So odd was books, right? Yeah. Uh, sure. I don't care. Why don't we do? I do a book. You do a book. I do a book. You do a book. Okay, so that way it's fine. not me. Blah, yes. Then you blah. Okay. So um, I'll talk about the first book. My first book was called The Night She Disappeared. This is technically, I think it was the last book that I read last year, <laughs> and it was so freaking good. Okay. So I'm gonna try not to spoil so hard. But I might spoil, so just be forewarned, because I'm Aisha, and, like, sometimes word vomit comes out, and then I spoil. <laughs> but this is called The Night She Disappeared by Lisa Jewell. It jumps between uh, 2017 and 2019. So in 2017, 19-year-old Tallulah and her boyfriend Zach goes missing, right? 
And they are, uh, you know, they're teen parents, they're young. She's in college. They live with her mom. They have a kid named Noah. And Tallulah's kind of, like, because it, it goes before she goes missing. So, like, you kind of get a gist of her mindset before she goes missing. And it's funny because it really does uh, make you think you know what's going to happen at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. it's literally shocking up until the end. Like, it's crazy. Her mindset is, like, miserable because she's, a, you know, a teen mom. She has all these responsibilities. She feels bad for the fact that she doesn't really want to be a mom but she loves her kid she is like not in love with her boyfriend anymore like he's gotten really clingy and like almost like emotionally abusive and sometimes Mm -hmm. kind of physically abusive several things happen when they both go missing people assume murder suicide happened because there were no bodies no blood nothing they just disappeared uh, so people assume there was murder-suicide because he had been, he had started to get a little more controlling of her. Some people thought that they just ran away because they didn't want to be parents anymore. Uh, there was just a lot of things sort of mulling around. And they also found a ring in Zach's pocket because he was going to um, propose to her, but she was like, not, she, mm-hmm. she said no, she didn't want to be married to him. Um, so people was really, really big on the murder-suicide thing. They just didn't know where their bodies were. So there's this place called a Dark Place. It's like this big old house, like mansion style, and this girl Scarlet lives there. Scarlet and, uh, Tallulah mm-hmm. become friends and become more than friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like a See, I feel like if I say too much, I'm going to spoil. Okay. But it's a whole crazy love story, triangle thing, and all of this gets revealed at the end. And I'm like, holy shit. And then um, I was talking about how it jumps through time. So that's all happening in 2017. So fast forward to 2019, we meet Sophie. Sophie is a, uh, she's an author. She writes like murder mystery books. Mm -hmm. And... She moved to the the town that all of this is taking place. This is all taking place in London, by the way. So she moves to that town with her husband or fiance. I think it's her husband because he's teaching at the local school. So he's so they're there like temporarily, and someone like left a sign on her uh like her gate around her the, the place that they're staying, uh with a it was like pointing down into the dirt. And the ring was buried there that mm-hmm. Zach had used to propose to Tallulah. So it was basically like, hey, we really want you to investigate this. So someone left it there because they wanted her to dig into the story. Mm-hmm. And she did uncover everything, and it was crazy. And I don't want to spoil anymore, but this was a good-ass <laughs> book. Like That sounds so oh, good. It was so good. My, my sister... Um, my sister was the one that recommended it to me and we were both reading it at the same time actually but it's long as hell but 100% worth the read Mm. because you think you know what's gonna happen by the end but you don't it was wild do you know if an audiobook version of it exists because that's how I get through my long books you can you can get it on Libby and actually I was jumping between that and like I was jumping between an audiobook, a physical book, and it on my Kindle. <laughs> so I would just jump okay, whenever I, I like that. Whenever I could, but like I got through it and it was so, so good. I want to read more of Lisa Jewell because she writes a lot of these uh, okay. murder mystery, but a lot of people said this was her best book. Oh, yeah. So I definitely recommend it. It was 
the night she disappeared, guys. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I would kill to see that in a mini series. Ooh, it would be so don't good. you love that? You're like, oh, I need to see this on screen. <laughs> I highly recommend it. It slapped. Um. Okay. The book that I'm still in the middle of, I started in the physical book that I'm still in the middle of reading. I started in November on my birthday. Um, and I just like. I made most of my Christmas gifts this year, so my free time has been spent making gifts or playing Disney Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> um, I just haven't read in a really long time, but I've been listening to like hella audiobooks while I work. So pretty much everything that I'm going to talk about was an audiobook. So I'm going to start with actually what I'm listening to at the moment. Uh, I'm not finished with it, which means I won't spoil it for you. It's called... Now, I... I remember seeing this book on the shelves. I think it came out when we worked at Second and Charles, and I remember oh. thinking not, I wasn't very interested in it, but I heard an interview with the author, so I was like, um, I'll check it out. So it's called My Year of Rest and Relaxation by oh, Otessa yeah. Moshfeg. And I think, I don't remember why I thought I wasn't going to be interested in it, other than um, it's like a rich girl who just decides to, like, sleep for a year and I was like this sounds fucking like she she has like an inheritance that she can survive off of Mm. and she decides to just like sleep for a year and I was like that just sounds like like a spoiled little brat but then like (laughs) I like I'm listening to it and she is just she's like I don't want to say she's just a spoiled brat she has like a very complex emotional arc and well the thing is she's depressed both of her parents died when she was in college and yes, she has an inheritance to sustain her life and buy her uh, an apartment, not a studio apartment, like a full apartment, uh, Manhattan. Oh. <laughs> and she didn't even have to work. She just worked because she had an art history degree and it was a gallery, so she felt like she should be working. She doesn't want to feel anything anymore. And the only time she's happy is when she's sleeping. So she decides she's going to take a year off and just fucking take as many goddamn pills as she can and sleep. She just wants to sleep as much as possible. She'll get up, go down to the bodega, get, like, some food and a couple of coffees, go back up to her apartment, and she just watches. It's set in 2000, so she watches a bunch of VHS tapes. (laughs) So she watches tapes, and she sleeps, and she does pills that she managed to find, like, a psychiatrist that would prescribe her just, like, She's kind of kooky, and she just prescribes her everything. Every, she just keeps coming back and saying, I'm still not sleeping, I'm still not sleeping. And I, fa- I find myself, like, almost envious of her sometimes. I was just Which is, like, kind that. of fucked up. The, well, it's, it's weird <laughs> when, you're, when you're listening to it, because you're like, I don't want to be jealous of her. And I mean, she's depressed as fuck, and she doesn't want to be, like, awake. She doesn't want to die, but she doesn't want to be awake ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why would I be envious of that? The more I think about it, the more I'm like, I think I'm just envious that she can can she has the option to do that (laughs) and she like lives in a nice apartment with like a doorman in manhattan and that she can just afford to like do whatever she wants and sleep as much as she wants and i'm like i don't think i'm actually jealous of her situation situation. yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) but um yeah no it's interesting she has like a best friend who like just keeps coming over and like buzzing around and like she talks about herself a lot but also she like clearly cares about the main character even though the main character like doesn't even want her there and does just the bare minimum to maintain the relationship she doesn't even do that she just like lets the friend come over when she comes over but I don't know it's been interesting I'm at the point right now where like the sleeping pills aren't working anymore and she started taking this newer drug that her psychiatrist told her only to take in the most 
extreme situations, I guess, <clears throat> she'll like wake up and it'll be obvious that she's been doing shit in her sleep. At the moment, it sounds like she's a better person when she's doing shit in her sleep because like her best friend's mom passed away. Uh, the main character had no intention of going to the funeral or anything, but she took this like funky pill or whatever that the, you know, the, the whatever pill. And then like she wakes up on the subway with a bouquet of roses and like she she has like a bag that she bought something like at a at a fancy department store and she looks at it and it's like a black suit and she realizes oh and the the bouquet of roses has a has her best friend's name on it so it's like clear that she had in her like weird stupor that she can't remember mm. she wasn't like sleepwalking she was like a person but she doesn't remember it she had gone and like gotten on the train to go to her friend's mom's funeral and stuff so I don't know. She she keeps waking up in weird situations. That it's so that's scary, honestly. Yeah. 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 And so um it is kind of frightening though. I mean, the thought of having no control over your body like that. It almost sounds like like, like yeah. an identity disorder. Like maybe yeah. she has multiple personalities. Well, yeah. I, I was kinda oh, maybe you cracked it. <laughs> uh, well, I was kinda wondering, like, like maybe there's this part of her inside of her that wants to like live a normal happy life mm-hmm. or whatever that wants to break free of the immense depression depression that she is experiencing you know she wants to do things she doesn't want to sleep all day but she's been repressing that part of herself for so long and maybe when she's taking these pills the the part that's repressing passes out essentially and then the happier version of her is free i don't know this is just all guesses i haven't finished it yet i have really been enjoying this book. Yeah. Though, so. What's it called again? Uh, my Year of Rest and Relaxation. Okay. If you'll remember, you might remember the cover. It's like an old-timey painting of a lady lounging, and her tits are kind of out. Oh. And then the font is in bright-ass pink. Yes. Like sans-serif caps. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I always pick it up, because just the cover gets me. But then I'm always like, oh, a rich girl decides to sleep for a year. I don't care. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, and then yeah, it turns, turns out I do day. care. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's that one. All right, so my next book is called Beach Read by Emily Henry. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into it. It was a cute little romance. I like Emily Henry because she, she also wrote Book Lovers and People We Meet on Vacation. Uh, People We Meet on Vacation is one of my favorite books. I love a friends to lovers scenario. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, Beach Reads follows um, an author, Augustus Everett, and then January Andrews. So, January is the main character, which I I love that name. So, January I love that Andrews. as a name. I That's like cute. Augustus Everett. Augustus Everett. He yeah. is like a literary like genius, uh, and she writes romance books, okay. right? So, she's not very like passionate about... <clears throat> romance books and he's like not super passionate about the kind of books that he writes and both of them are kind of in a like a writer rut okay so they make a deal where he's gonna write it's sort of romancy but he's like also interviewing people who are a part of this weird death cult oh. it's, that part is actually <laughs> okay. really cool like like they show the interviews with these people who like went through this death cult and it's like really difficult to go through but it's so good so he's like writing something like that and she wants to write like the next great american novel 
She she just wants to write something that's not like mm-hmm. a romance or like romance heavy. And it's like kind of been expected of her to always stick to the romance genre. So um, both of them just sort of make a deal to write something new and fresh that they haven't done before. Then they end up falling in love. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole thing. But it's just so cute. And I think what I really like about Emily Henry, because like I love romance novels. I was kind of like not feeling them only because I hadn't really read any since like I was younger mm-hmm. so like I got Sarah Destin on the brain and I'm yeah. like that's teenage <laughs> right. stuff if this is different but I just they're cute and they're easy reads but I like Emily Henry so much because in every book that I've read of hers you are so focused on those two characters mm-hmm. that you are like not aware of anything else happening in the story <laughs> and I don't know if that's good or bad but to me that's good because I'm so aware of them that I don't even realize when the scenes change. Oh my goodness. Like, I'm just so focused on them. So, to me, that's really good writing because I'm so into those characters. But I love a good Emily Henry book. So, Beach Read. Check it Beach out. Beach Read. Okay. You can listen to it on Libbe. Libbe! <laughs> All right. What else have I... Okay, another thing, one that I just finished is called The Shining Girls by Lauren... I always thought it was Bukes, but... The person who read the audiobook said Bukes, so I guess Bukes. I I think it's Lauren Bukes. I don't care what the audiobook guy said. (laughs) So uh, this is the whole Gillian Flynn versus Gillian Flynn, (laughs) whatever. I don't care. I'm never gonna meet her, so what doesn't matter if I say her name wrong? I would die. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, actually, if I did meet her, I I would make sure to ask somebody close real quick, like is it Gillian or Gillian? Uh, what do you think she's, she's like? Uh, anyway, like very intimidating. <laughs> Which, turn on for me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love intimidating women. <laughs> I hate intimidating men. What I know, right? <laughs> like, I like sensitive men and fucking confident, Terrifying. intimidating, very tall women. <laughs> I just want them to hold me. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> um... <laughs> What was I talking about? Shining Girls. <laughs> I just got a little flustered. <laughs> um, the Shining Girls is like really, uh, I know we've talked briefly about, what's that other book that we love? Broken Monsters? Yes. Yes. We, I, I, I had listened to the audiobook of Broken Monsters and I was like, holy fuck, I usually listen to this. And she was like, holy fuck, yeah. <laughs> yes. It was like watching a TV show, but in my it brain. <laughs> it was yes. so good. So I was excited to listen to this one. I've been on the hold list on Libby forever for it. So it finally came in and I was really excited. It's like, okay. <laughs> it was okay. You know, we can't expect every book from an author to be the same. Right. I think Shining Girls might have been her first, but I might be wrong about mm. that. But it's about a... Essentially, it's about a serial killer who is able to travel through time. He's from the Depression era, and he somehow stumbles into this house. He goes, he's, like, feels himself drawn to a room in the upstairs, and he goes into it, and the room is just filled with artifacts. Like, different, like, and like I said, it's like, it's like, um... Depression times, but there's like a, a tennis ball, like a modern tennis ball. You know what I mean? Like, and it's stuff from all over different times from, I think, from the 20s up till the 90s. Mm. And so he knows in his heart, just being there, that these belong to girls that were murdered and that he was the one that murdered them. So he needs to go and collect all these items from these girls that he murdered. And he leaves some of the items, like, he'll take an item from a girl and leave a different item. So, Uh, like, so one of the women he kills is in the 50s, I believe. 
No, it has to be the 40s because she was working to build uh, weapon machinery for the war. Mm. And he kills her and uh, he leaves a baseball card from the 80s on her body. But nobody really catches it. They don't notice or like they see it, but it doesn't make sense to them. So they kind of disregard it. And uh, stuff like that. and Or, like, one of the first ladies he killed was from the Depression era. She was a uh, girl that, like, danced. Like, she did, like, peep show kind of things. But she covered herself in glowing paint. Then, of course, she died of... No, she didn't die. She was hospitalized with radium poisoning. Because that shit's, that shit's poisonous as fuck. But she gets out of the hospital, and he kills her. And he takes her... She had worn, like, butterfly wings, I think. Or angel wings or something. And he took the wings, and he left those on a woman that he murdered in the... 90s I believe and so like yeah so he just like he feels compelled to do this and so it's his perspective flipping through time it's multiple perspectives you know how Lauren Bukes loves to do that um so they'll be from the perspectives of the women he kills oh and so what he likes to do also is he likes to go and visit them when they're young and he like he'll just sometimes he'll just say hi to them one girl he was like I'm going to kill you one day and because of that, it, like, fucked her up, and she became, like, a drug addict to kind of, like, it just traumatized her. And so he was, like, when he found out, like, how much it fucked her up, the, the kill wasn't as fun for him. Because mm-hmm. they're shining girls. They all have, the reason they're shining to him is because they have so much, um, what's the word, potential in life. And they're all very, like, they're very smart, goal-oriented, or, you know, high achievers, or whatever it is. And so this girl, he took that shining from her when he told her he was going to kill her. So she became a drug addict, which I guess in his mind meant that she lost her potential, which, you know, is not true, but in his mind. And so he, he decided not to do that anymore. So he just goes and visits them. And it's like, it's creepy. And then there's one girl. Her name is Kirby. Kirby! Um, <laughs> one, one girl, Kirby, he, like, thinks he kills her and leaves her for dead in the forest, but she actually doesn't die. And so she is trying to track him down. She's trying to figure out who tried to kill her, basically. Mm. And, uh, of course, it's, like, real fucked up because he's traveling through time, so it's hard to actually gather real clues about it. But she actually kind of is onto it, and then I'm not going to tell you anything else that happens. But let me just tell you, eventually he realizes that he didn't kill her because she, like, became, like, an amateur journalist. She was, like, working for a newspaper, and she, like, published an article, and he read it. And he's like, I didn't kill her to kill her and he's pissed so it's interesting yeah you sold me on it it's I a, want to read it. it's good it's good it's very violent um obviously there's there's a scene the one the scene with kirby specifically actually where she has a dog with her and he does kill the dog mm, and i bawled Bella. i bawled that's the thing it might be hard especially with as a dog owner because i had to go hold my cats after that <laughs> because like the dog was like saved her life she would have died if it wasn't for him he he like attacked him even though he had already hurt the dog the dog got up enough energy to attack the guy the murderer um and that's what like kept him from finishing her off he thought he finished her off but she wasn't uh, it was very upsetting i had to like pause it and walk away from it during that and come back to it later but um so yeah that's a uh, shining girls it was it was all right yeah it was pretty good not my favorite book of the year but it was pretty good so okay. that's that so, I think I may have talked about this book in one of our older episodes, but since it's been so long, I'll just talk about Reckless Girls. Um, mm. I really think I did talk about this. This is the last book that I'm going to talk about, and I'm just going to do, like, a brief mention of some other books I read, like Hood Feminism by Mickey Kindle. <laughs> That's on mine, too. <laughs> yes. 
Um, I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy. <laughs> That's online too. Great, we can just knock those out. <laughs> and in the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh God, I love that one so much. I wrote a poem based on it. Anyway, um, Reckless Girls. Uh, I did not write who the author is. Rachel Hawkins. I have the book on my shelf. <laughs> Um, it's another book of the month book. I'm obsessed with book of the month. I've become a book of the month BFF, which I means that I've been consecutive with it for 12 months. Okay. And I love that they gave me a free book last year, so that's great. Right. Um, but I fucking love book of the month. It's like $15 and you get like a one credit a month and it's a, a hardback and it's, I have not been disappointed by a single mm. book of the month. Okay. Oh wait, no, I'm I'm jumping ahead. Uh, there is one other book I want to talk about. Okay, this is also another book of the month, and I'm going to talk about that one before Reckless Girls. Okay, and it's called The Book of Cold Cases by. Uh... Okay, this book was so good. Simone Saint James. Ooh, I like that name. Um, so this book. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I didn't like it at first. Like when I first started listening to it, I was like, this is a little boring. It gets really good and really crazy. Um, so basically, uh, this girl is like, she investigates, uh, like, murders. Like, older murders, current ones. She started, she just talks about them, I guess. But she's doing like a, I think it was an article, on this older murder called, she was this older murder, murder, murderess? Murderess. Mm. Called the Lady Killer Murder. Or the Lady Killer Murders. And it was, like, I can't remember the time frame, but I think it was, like, maybe 50s, 60s, 70s, sometime in there. This lady, some lady, some young lady, which is what they assumed, was killing all these young men. I'm pretty sure they were just, they were just shitty men, so it's fine. But um, <laughs> it was just kind of shocking because... It, you didn't see women murderers. Mm -hmm. So it was like a weird thing. And they assumed that it was this lady. Her name is Beth Greer because she had such a history of just being, and this woman was only like 23 at the time of just being like very rebellious. So like she was very open about like having sex and being like a sexual being. Mm -hmm. And like she cussed and smoked and drank. And that was just like horrid to them. So they were like, they had no proof, but obviously she did it. And also, uh, they used the fact that her parents were murdered when she was 19, I think. Uh, her parents were murdered. So they used that, like, the psych psychology behind losing her parents to also be like, well, she probably could have done it. Like, mm -hmm. it was so ridiculous. But it was mostly because she was, like, a BAMF. And they were like, no, we don't like BAMFs around here. So Shay Collins, which is the the girl who's writing the, um, the journal piece on her, um, meets with her and they kind of get this weird kinship. It's like Beth is really rude and like mean, but she kind of like likes Shay in the way that a person like that can like Shay. Yeah. And she tells her everything and Shay just gets her to open up more and more. And you discover so much of Beth's family secrets and like, like her parents had a, well, not her parents. Her mom had a love child. If I go any further, I might spoil the story. Should I spoil? <laughs> uh, if you do, just like let them know. If I'm you spoil. want to read this and you don't want it spoiled, stop right here. Stop here. <laughs> Skip ahead. Um. So basically, uh, she has a Beth has a sister. I think her name was Lily or something like that. 
And it's only her sister on her mom's side. Her dad hated the little girl. So the girl just started visiting when she was like, I, I want to say like eight or nine. And her mom didn't tell her for a long time that that was her sister. And she just found them. It was like she she just found them. I don't Lily know how. Did? Yeah. She just found them. She murdered the parents. Too. Oh, yeah. She, she she was also them? all the she all murdered them. all of them too, ah. she did and it was crazy because Beth just kind of took the blame for it and she it's like the even evil, had evil twin. It, that's literally yeah. what it was, and there's also like a spooky element to it because there's the ghost of Lily walking around because I'm pretty sure Beth killed Lily, okay. and she, I don't think her name is Lily but we're just gonna call her Lily okay yeah um, but that'll Lily, make it not a spoiler yeah. <laughs> but Lily was like still hanging around. The, the mansion because uh, mm-hmm. Beth was living there still. Beth had killed her like a long time ago when she found out that she had killed her parents because she didn't know she killed her parents either. Mm-hmm. But uh, after she had served her time and everything, uh, Lily was like, oh, we'll just stay here forever together, blah, blah, blah. And Beth, Beth like drowned her in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> but she had to live with that forever. And Mm -hmm. while still being seen as the person who probably was the lady killer, also being haunted by her sister, because her Mm. sister was still haunting the grounds. It was so good. (laughs) I didn't expect it at all. Like, I just didn't. I don't know. And Shay wasn't that, like, she wasn't much of a compelling character. Beth... That bitch. <laughs> okay, but Sounds yeah. like maybe Shay was the vessel through which the story had to be told. Yes, mm-hmm. the plot device. The plot device, yes. But it was, it was good. That sounds good. It shocked me. I think I I'm going to have to listen to that one, too. <laughs> and I did listen to it, so... All right, okay. <laughs> it's on Libby. It's important when it's a good performance, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes or breaks a book, for mm-hmm. sure. I guess I'll do another one. I'm going to do a two-for-one. A twofer. With a tiny third, but not really. So there's this author that I, like, had been vaguely aware of, but not really. It's more one of her books that I had been aware of. Her name is Donna Tartt, and uh, I looked on the internet. It looks like there she has, like, a little, like, cult following. You know yeah, how different authors I've do. I've definitely heard that name. Yeah. She, well, because she writes, like, her first book was called The Secret History. I believe I'm getting this timeline right. It was either The Little Friend or The Secret History. The Secret History is the first book I read by her, and it's, like, a person who likes dark academia's fucking wet dream. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so this, uh, this guy, he, uh, at first he seems kind of like a dull main character, but I end up growing to really like him. In my head, I cast him, um, the kid, the guy who played the son in Hereditary, uh, oh yeah, uh, that's who I pictured the whole time. Wolf. Alex Wolf. Yeah, Alex Wolf. There we go. So um, he lives in California with his like, it's just like a suburban life in California, and he doesn't like it. I think it's set in the nineties. I think it was written in the nineties. So it's set in either the eighties or the nineties. He just like is fucking tired of like malls and you know just like all of it, the capitalism and the you know all the stuff. He just, like, wants to go somewhere where people value, like, intelligence and learning and school. So he, like, goes to this school in Vermont. He goes to college in Vermont. And uh, he, like, had learned Greek, I think, in high school. And so he he tried to enroll in this, like, super selective, very private, like, Greek program there. And there were, like, five students in it. And Mm. he wants to be one of them. And so the, uh, he meets the professor... And he basically just, like, kind of, like, worms his way into the group. The professor ends up liking him. 
But all these other, the other students, like, had been doing this together for the first, I think they were already second years, or maybe even older. And he transferred in. He had gone to community college. It doesn't matter. Uh, they're not freshmen is what I'm saying, basically. They're adults. I think they're, I think they're, they might even be old enough to drink, so... But yeah, so he becomes part of this like super selective group, and at first it seems like they're kind of like holding him off because they have been doing this and he's the new kid. But they're all really smart, and they all have their own like funky personalities. I I love them so much. Like they're terrible people most for the most part. But <laughs> I I just I love the characters that Donna Tart builds. I don't know why, but I think she does a good job of making an interesting character, and so. I loved them so much that I even, like, made Sims versions of them because I, like, I had them pictured so well in my head that I had to, like, put them on the computer. So I made Sims of them. But anyways, it's, like, two twins, a boy and a, a, a brother and a sister, and then there's, like, the smartest one of them all. His name's Henry. He's, like, really socially, like, I don't even want to say socially awkward. He's just, like, very quiet and brooding. But then, like, if he ever shows you attention, you're like, fuck yes. <laughs> and then um, there, there's, like, a snobby guy who, like, even though it was, like, the 90s, he always wore, like, full suits and, like, with a cape and a monocle and everything. Oh, I and, like, that. yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was another one who everybody called Bunny. And you know from the very first, from the very beginning that Bunny dies. Mm. Bunny not only dies, he gets killed. You, in fact, from the very beginning, you know that he doesn't only get killed, but he gets killed by this group of his friends. So, um, because it's like starts off there and then goes backwards. Oh, um, well, okay. not goes goes to the beginning. Very it starts off with them walking away from his dead body, oh. and then it flips to the beginning. Very so you know Monica. some shit's going wild. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I was just enchanted by the whole fucking thing. In fact, reading or listening to that book is the reason why I like taught myself how to play solitaire because they were always playing solitaire with cards and I was like I want to do that so I like taught myself how to play solitaire with cards it wasn't hard but yeah now I like do that I like to do that it's fun <laughs> I'm like I'm like the characters yeah I love I love all the characters um and when I say love you know what I mean the way you love a character I don't I definitely they're all deeply flawed terrible humans but um <laughs> and also the audiobook was read by Donna Tart. God, I have such a big crush on her, too. She, first of all, she is from, I think, North Carolina, so she has, like, a southern lilt to her voice, and she, I'm gonna find Donna Tart for you, because she, I, she's, like, very short, and she has short, cropped hair, and she's always wearing suits, and here's a picture of her. It's a very blurry at the moment, please. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> and you, she oh just seems gosh. like she... Yeah, she. I just want to know that place. she looks exactly like who I could see Morgan with if she ever were with a woman. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> She's like ten times smarter than me in every way. <laughs> um, but anyway, she looks yeah. like she'd walk on your back with high heels on <laughs> <laughs> while spanking you. <laughs> she keep me on a leash. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I love Donna Tart. So another book that she read, and the book that most people know her for is The Goldfinch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's about a boy who, uh, basically, he's in um, an art museum in New York City with his mother when it gets bombed by radicals, Mm. and so his mom dies. Uh, He, like, witnesses a guy die, and there was this painting called The Goldfinch. It's just of a little goldfinch sitting on, like, a little perch, 
And you can see that it has like a chain around its leg that's keeping it chained to the wall so that he can't fly away. So that's like how they kept him as a pet, basically. So it's a it's a oil painting of that of that bird. And his mother loved it. She had always been obsessed with it, and so he found himself very enchanted by it too. And when the bomb goes off, that he like is with this old man who's dying in the rubble, and the old man like kind of like just picks the the painting up off the rubble, and he's like, "Take this with you." basically and so the, the kid his name's Theo he's like okay and so he like he like puts it in a bag that he finds like a reusable shopping bag that he finds in the rubble and he just takes it and uh he's like 10 years old maybe 11 I don't remember he's young and so like there's a part of him that knows that it's wrong but there's also a part of him that's like this whole place is like you know a mess what half of these artworks are ruined anyways maybe I'm saving it kind of and so basically he has a pretty like unfortunate life because his mom died and his dad had flaked out on them and moved to Las Vegas a long time ago he doesn't like his dad so he kind of doesn't even want to end up with him so he lives with his best friend's family for a little while until his dad does show up because he's like you have an inheritance right let me take you with me so then his dad takes him to Las Vegas with him and constantly is trying to shake his inheritance out of him. But uh, obviously at 10 year, or 11 years old, he doesn't really have access to his in- inheritance at the time. So uh, yeah, it's a, he always has this painting and he tries to keep it hidden. And when he's in Las Vegas, he meets a kid named Boris who is a Russian immigrant. And they kind of like get into trouble a lot and start drinking all the time and like start slowly I think even doing like drugs and stuff so Theo's just like really haunted he ends up moving back to New York and working for a uh, man who makes uh he like restores antique furniture and sells it so he's like he becomes a salesman and yeah so basically eventually somebody figures out that he has the goldfinch painting and so they're kind of like blackmailing him about it because the goldfinch painting is worth a ton of money like so much money and as time went on you know the officials in the museum and stuff started sorting through all the rubble sorting through all the paintings that were lost and cataloging everything and there were like certain paintings that were never found and that's one of them so he's kind of like trying to like escape the law a little bit and um turns out that boris had found out that he'd had the painting a long time ago and had stolen it from him (laughs) And had been using it as, like, collateral for, like, different unsavory dealings that he'd been doing. So they're adults at this point in time. He finds he finds out that Boris has stolen his painting. Boris is like, okay, okay, I'll get it back for you. But it's in Amsterdam, so we have to go to Amsterdam to get it. So they go to Amsterdam, and they go through all this crazy shit. And uh, it's fascinating. I, I really liked the character of Theo because, I don't know, I think it showed... He was a sensitive boy, and he adored his mom, and, like, just kind of seeing how his whole character just kind of, like, slowly disintegrated, I feel like, you know? And I don't know. I I was fully fucking absorbed in this book. I loved it so goddamn much. I didn't want it to end. Um, so that's probably my favorite book that I've listened to this year. It's definitely my favorite book I've listened to this year. It's, uh, it's really fascinating. I love it. I like Donna Tartt's stuff. I... The the little friend was nothing to me. I didn't care so much for that one. I think that was her second book that she wrote. It wasn't... I mean, it still had a lot of really fun characters and stuff, but I just kind of felt like a chore to listen to at some points. Mm. So I don't love that one as much. But The Goldfinch and The Secret History are great. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> That's my blurb about that. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm actually... I'm 
I think I'm good to go. Because I to go? did talk about Reckless Girls in our last episode, so I'm like, I don't want to repeat it. But okay. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm good, good to go also. Because right. I can't believe we both listened to... I knew we both listened to Hood Feminism, but I didn't realize we'd both listened to I'm Glad My Mom Died. That was so good. <laughs> it was so very... I do highly recommend that for anybody, so... It was really sad, though. Yes. I just, like... I didn't know she was going through all that. I know. Child stars are always so tragic, Mm -hmm. and it's so sad. Like, Mm -hmm. we we should not condone uh, Hollywood, like, what they do to these kids. It's (laughs) fucking awful. Nope. But anyway... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, in case... If any of you haven't heard of that book, it's a a memoir by Jeanette McCurdy from... She did iCarly and Sam and Cat. And, um... She had a very tortured childhood because of her mom. Mm. So she's glad her mom died. And yeah. and honestly, yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> that woman was up. awful. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So. But it's weird yeah. though because I almost feel like I know so many people who had moms very similar mm-hmm. to that. And it's really, mm-hmm. really sad. Super controlling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wanting them to be thin and mm-hmm. starving. Basically, like forcing their eating disorders yes. on them. Yes. Yeah. That's, I'm making it feel normal. Like, oh gosh. It broke my heart listening to her talk about how bad her eating disorder was. I know. Ugh. It just, once again, I can't imagine while she was on the set of those shows, those kids' shows, she was like battling like an eating disorder and alcoholism and all this stuff. So, I want right. to talk about media. Yeah, let's talk about something more <laughs> exciting. Right. Yeah, <laughs> something uplifting. Well, what is. What, me? What mm-hmm. have you been yeah. watching? Okay. Yeah. Um, recently, for some reason, this was really hard for me to dig through. I'm like, what? What have I been watching? Because I've been watching a lot of just YouTube stuff, but mm-hmm. I got a couple shows in here, too. So I'm okay. just going to go through the list real quick. Um, I watched the God of War playthrough by Jacksepticeye because I freaking love God of War. It's such a great game. I, however, don't think I can play it, but my boyfriend plays it, and he always messages me when he gets to, like, when he, like, meets new characters and gets to, like, weird parts, and he's like, oh my god, I'm here. It's cute. (laughs) I also have been watching, as you can see on my pause screen, Mm -hmm. um, Gab Smolder's Elden Ring playthrough, just because I'm in, like, such a big Elden Ring phase, because I played it when it first came out last year. And, uh, and then I started antidepressants and lost interest in gaming at all. Like, I just was not gaming. I think I maybe played a little bit of The Last of Us last year, but most of what I played was, like, Stardew and Dreamlight Valley. So, like, I'm getting back into gaming. It's really, really weird, because I've always been into gaming, so it was weird that I was just immediately, like, I don't want to do this. Maybe it was an escapism thing or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But, so now I'm getting back into Elden Ring, so I'm, like, obsessed with it now. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. The lore, the bosses, I'm, like, mm-hmm. obsessed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've been watching an Elden Ring playthrough. I watched Dahmer on mm-hmm. Netflix. That was really good. Uh, really fucked up, disturbing, but good. Um, a lot of people were really uncomfortable with the fact that he won an award for that, or that he was mm-hmm. nominated. I don't know if he won. I don't really watch that stuff, but I think he won. I think... I understand why. I think people were upset with Dahmer in general. Yeah. Because, well, and there were so many people, because Evan Peters is a very handsome man, mm-hmm. so there were so many people that were, like, fangirling over Dahmer because of Evan Peters' portrayal of it, which is fucked up, because he murdered so many innocent men of color, gay men of color, you know what I mean? Those awards are supposed to be for performance, you know? And also... And he performed well, I He think. did. <laughs> yeah. But it's also well to note that 
Dahmer was considered very handsome, too. Mm-hmm. He had a whole fan base, too, just mm-hmm. like Bundy. I don't know why. Bundy was Bundy. like a fucking mole rat, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's y'all. <laughs> that's y'all. <laughs> that's y'all. Um, I was watching a video the other day where this guy was showing people pictures of Dahmer and then pictures of, like, a Muslim man and going, which one of these... Do you, would you trust immediately? And everyone was saying, oh, Dahmer, he's all clean cut. He doesn't have the scary beard. Um, and one one was like, oh, and also he's not Muslim, so I can probably relate better to him. And oh, so my. That's like, fucked up. Yeah. And then at the end, he's like, uh, this man's a cannibal. <laughs> and they're like, oh. <laughs> and there's your right. There was only one guy. This sweet black boy, just open-minded. They actually had a whole chat where he was just like, I don't know why people would judge people just because they have a big, crazy beard. But he was the only one who did not choose them. He chose the other guys. Well, okay, I think he chose the Muslim man over a Dahmer. Uh, but he chose Bundy over the other guy because the other guy was like a he had, he looks like a Duck Dynasty kind. Of, Ooh, like yeah, a, I wouldn't trust yeah. him either. <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> he was like, I'll go with this guy because I think I can't relate to this guy at all. <laughs> and like that made sense. But to say that no, this Muslim man was literally a Gap model. By the way, he was wow. beautiful, clean <laughs> wow. cut, everything. Right. And they're like about him i'll go with him he's handsome i'm like okay well this is why you're gonna die but okay (laughs) (laughs) but i just think that that's interesting that people just just because people are attractive does not mean that they're good and i don't know why we as a society can't really tell the difference i find that a lot of classically attractive people are they're not. <laughs> That's not all of them. I'm not umbrella terming. I'm just saying <laughs> a lot of classically attractive people by, you know, white Eurocentric standards tend to be shitheads. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know. It, I feel like it was important for him to be handsome because Jeffrey Dahmer was seen as handsome. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is part of the character. So, like, mm-hmm. that didn't bug me, but if we're going to be mad, then we just got to be mad that people did the same thing to Bundy, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that was, like, where I meant to go, but that's where I went, so. <laughs> it's a tangent. I just, we do yeah. those here. <laughs> Get used to it. Yeah. You know this by now. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. I think, I don't know, I was, I watched it, it was phenomenal. God, what is her name? Uh, Black Lady. Oh, shit, I love her too. Uh, I can't think of her name. Nisi Nash. That's it, yes. She fucking killed it. She's amazing, She fucking killed it. Um, That was just great. I Mm -hmm. I do recommend watching it. Um, I would not watch it if you are black and queer and think you might be triggered by it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're interested in, like, background of Dahmer and, like, just the psychology behind it all, I would say go ahead and watch it. Don't don't watch it while you're eating your Chipotle on your couch or whatever, though, because it's not not an appetizing show. (laughs) (laughs) You might think you're smelling. (laughs) I could not imagine being in that apartment complex. Oh, Oh, my God. It probably smelled like hot ass every day. (laughs) Um, Okay. Everything, everywhere, all at once. We watched that with our little crew. Why is that the best fucking movie I've ever seen in my entire life, though? It's amazing. Oh, um, also, I'm in show. love with Michelle Yeoh. So yeah, <laughs> yes. I love it. I love, I love, I love the whole cast. They're all so good because yes. I'm in love with the Joy the Stephanie. Girl, Stephanie Stephanie Hugh, yeah. I think is okay. her name. She's amazing. Yeah, I she love is. her. <laughs> When she has the She's bagel so sassy. hair. I love yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, phenomenal movie. 
Um, I did watch that 90s show. Okay, oh, I will say, the, the pilot episode sucks. Okay. Everything after the pilot is gold. It, it, it Really? It, they stuck very true to that 70s show. Okay. Like, I really like it. I, I'm a little uncomfortable with the fact that the kids in it are, like, their actual ages are 16 and 17 because they're kissing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, gosh, you're children. And I'm almost 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I did like it. I think it... It kept true to its origins, and I really appreciate it. And I'm if, they, if we don't get a second season, I'm I, me and Netflix, <laughs> me and Netflix, bro. <laughs> but yeah. I'll give it a chance since I've now met. I like now I know an in person, like <laughs> or a good review of it. Then okay, I'll give it a chance. I, like I wasn't it. sure because you know like. I didn't personally like Fuller House very much, mm, and so I didn't even try to watch I, it. I watched the first episode, and I was like, I don't think so. So, I, I worry that anytime they reboot a show, it's going to be like that. So, okay, I'll give it a chance. I liked it. Okay. And I do think it is getting another season, so I think it did relatively well. Okay. So, um, I like this one character. His name's Ozzy. He's like this gay Asian American. And ah. he is so sassy and so funny. He is my absolute favorite character of the entire cast. But, yeah, I do recommend it. It's... Eric and Donna's kid, I can't remember her name, Lila Lily, something like that. I don't know. Why am I going with Lily Lily lately? Everyone is Lily. (laughs) Um, And she is crushing on Kelso's kid. Oh my god. (laughs) So Red is like, you can't date a Kelso. It's just so good. I do love that Red and Kitty are still active. I mean, from the little like trailer that I watched, Kitty looks exactly the fucking same. She literally does. I love it. Never Joe Rupp has not aged, and I love that for her. Yeah, I love that for her, too. <laughs> but yes, please check it out. Um, I watched The Last of Us, obviously. Oh, um, yes. Fucking phenomenal. The first episode is literally the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's tragic and beautiful, and I'm... Oh, my God. Please watch it. It's beautiful. It already got renewed for a second season. Oh, I can see that, yeah. Gosh, I just... I was really impressed with it, honestly. I've seen one bad review, really? and it was this person that I don't really talk to on uh, Facebook saying it was trash, and I was like, how? Did you, what? how? It's literally side by side, nearly the same. Like, it's That person's so good. just wrong. <laughs> I know, literally, and it's, there's only been two episodes, so how are you forming this judgment? Right. So, uh, definitely recommend that. It's on HBO Max. Um, mm-hmm. I watched Smile with my wife on Peacock, I think. I think it was either Peacock or Paramount Plus. I can't remember which one. Mm, where did we watch it? I'll look it up for the show notes. I don't remember. I've seen. We watched it too. Good horror movie. Uh, I wouldn't say scary, but shocking. Mm-hmm. Not like jump scare though, but just like what happens to her. The mental deterioration mm-hmm. is just maddening. It's oh, great. Hopelessness. It's, it's, yes. It, it like it has that Babadook thing where it's clearly all about her mental health, mm-hmm. and it's. Cr- Mm-hmm. And I love the character. I just think she's like so small and cute. Oh my and, like, gosh, awkward. she's so cute. Yeah, and I just I she was know. in Mare of Easttown, and I was so fucking excited when I saw her and as the main character. I was yes. like, yeah, get it, girl, get she's it. Good, she's, she's good. good. She's good. Uh, Wednesday, Netflix. I keep forgetting to watch that. You haven't watched it. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Uh, so good. I will watch anything with Jenna Ortega, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, that's my homegirl. 
So every I'm sure everyone, most people except apparently Morgan has already seen it. <laughs> now when you start it, you're gonna like you're gonna binge it. I promise, it's so good. I can't wait. It's really funny too. And I also watched Midnight Club on Netflix. Oh yeah, how is that? It was so cute. I loved it. Now I wouldn't say cute. It was tragic, sad. <laughs> it was like everything. So it was like all of these kids who had horrible cancers Mm -hmm. like different cancers they go to this house it's sort of like a uh, like a cancer rehabilitation facility but it's just for like younger people okay i think through the whole thing only one of them actually dies and it was really sad when it happened it was so hard to watch and that's like the difficult part of it Mm -hmm. but like they're all sick and it's like any one of these kids could die but they had this thing called the midnight club where they would um, meet in like the dining hall. They would sneak out of their rooms at night, meet in this dining hall, and then every episode it would go through a different character, and it would they would tell these like fantastic stories, and oh, where they're yeah. kind of the main character, and like every other character is, uh, or every every one of them is like someone else. So like they would just tell these really yeah. cool stories, and they were like really badass personas that they created. It was just so good. Okay, you really <laughs> caught my attention with that then. <laughs> like I can't believe how many people didn't like it. It was such really? a good show. It was just so heartbreaking. There's a little bit of like ghosty stuff going on. There's some witchcraft. Um, there is you know the that fucking lady from Midnight Mass. The overly religious lady. Oh, no. Is she in it? Yes. But she's Ugh. like a, a witch. I can't tell if she's good or bad, though. Oh. And she's like trying to get, like... Because like, um, I don't think I finished the last couple episodes. But mm-hmm. she's trying to, like, get something from the facility. Mm-hmm. And I think it's supposed to give her some kind of power. But okay. she's making it seem like... She's, like, sort of manipulating the main character because of her age. Mm-hmm. And okay. making her feel, like, very safe. And I feel like that's going to turn... But I don't know if I'm just being paranoid or not, but I haven't finished it. But I feel like she's not good. Like, maybe I'm just feeling the after effects of Midnight Mass, but I don't know. She, yeah. she a little sucks. I can't see myself liking her because of Midnight Mass. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny, though, my first experience with her was from Grey's Anatomy because she was in it for a little mm. bit. She, she ended up leaving with one of the main characters who left the show. And they got married and, like, left. But she was just a sweet woman who... She was like a nurse who was around when one of the main character's husbands died and she was trying to tell the doctor what needed to happen, but the doctor wouldn't listen to her because Mm. A, she was a woman and B, a nurse. Mm. So she ended up killing the doctor. Well, she didn't, but the doctor ended up killing this woman's husband because he didn't listen to her. And then she got transferred to the hospital that the wife worked at. Uh, whose husband she was sort of involved in killing. So it's like a whole hot mess. But that was my first experience, and she was so good in that. I I don't know. I'd like to see her in more stuff, but, like, mm-hmm. I need to get the Midnight Mask. Yeah, can she know. play maybe better characters, less <laughs> less evil characters in the future? Less so religious we can like her. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That was my last thing. Okay. I feel like I've talked forever. That's so okay. Sorry. No, it's fun. This is what this is for. We're supposed to talk forever. It's a podcast. <laughs> Uh, okay, this is a shit show because, like, Brody got home right when I was sitting down to write my notes, 
And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to write down all the things that we've been watching. And he's just was like starting to like, well, let's look, let's look on Netflix. And then he was just like saying names of shows. And I'm like, can you, I'm trying to write things down. I'm trying to think. <laughs> he would just say any show that we might have watched part of. And I'm like, okay, we didn't even finish that one. Can you stop it? <laughs> like, just let me. You're not helping. <laughs> let me think. I can't deal with your words. So anyway, oh uh, these are going to be jumbled. Um, I tried to do by, uh, by the service. So we'll start with Netflix. Kotaro Lives Alone. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. Oh, it's so cute. It's an anime. And it's, uh, this, like, I think he's four or five years old, moves into his own apartment there. And all of his neighbors are like, we must take care of this child. And he's like, I am fine. I understand how to live alone. This is how you do this, right? And he, like... There are some things he's very wise about, and then other things he's just a five-year-old about. And he's, like, very somber and serious most of the time. And it's just, like, it's very unsettling to the neighbors, but they're also, like, we must take care of this child. And there are so many heartwarming moments in it. And, like, the main one that interacts with him and kind of, like, tries to help take care of him is, uh, he's kind of like a, I think he's a manga artist, but he mostly, like, freelances, so he's, like, at home, like, in his pajamas, and he's always smelly and drunk, and he's just, like, kind of, like, I guess they're trying to portray him as, like, a loser, mm. and he's in love with their other neighbor, who's, like, this really perky lady, you know what I mean? And so they're thrown together to help take care of Kotaro all the time, but it's, like, he basically assumes, like, a dad role with Kotaro, and you don't exactly know what happened with his parents, but it's probably something traumatic, but he, like, gets, like, a weekly stipend, basically, from the from his parents' inheritance, and so that's how he, like, pays for his groceries and stuff, but it's so adorable. It is so adorable. I love it so much. He has the weirdest little eyes. They're just, like, <laughs> there's, like, a big round eye with just, like, an up-and-down, like, slit oh, basically. It, it, it sounds creepy. He's really cute, though. <laughs> um, Birdie and I went through an obsessive phase with Love on the Spectrum, both the American version and the Australian version. It's just so fucking heartwarming. It's such a... I love that show so much. It is heartwarming. I mean, there are funny moments. There are, like, moments where you're like, you know, but for the most part, it's just really heartwarming seeing... I don't know. There's, like, a a, a wedding in one of them, and I, like, got emotional. (laughs) And Brody kind of did, too. We were like, oh, we're so happy for that. But (laughs) So it's a very good show. I love it so much. 1899 is good. It's, like, a supernatural thriller i suppose uh it's set on a steamship crossing from i think somewhere in europe maybe london they're crossing to um america to new york but there are like immigrants from or just like people from different countries there and the language is all split up like they're not they're not just like speaking english and pretending that it's in italian like there are Two men from Spain, so they speak Spanish, and you just have to read the subtitles when, when they're on. The main character is English, the ship captain's German. They just have a bunch of different people on there. It's really cool. There is another ship that just suddenly went missing four months ago, and they're, like, going in the same route that that ship that had gone missing was going, and uh, they, like, they find it, basically. It's, like, abandoned, and it's so fucking spooky, and just crazy shit happens. I don't want to tell too much, because I don't want to spoil anything. It's crazy. It's super, super natural. I, I need to watch that. It's good. I heard it didn't get renewed for the second season, though. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. So that really leaves you in a real weird limbo, then. <laughs> Love that. Thank you, Netflix. <laughs> you can just decide what's... Netflix doesn't want to keep good shows around. They really don't. Let's, I don't even want to talk about One Day at a Time, one of the best shows I've ever... Well, I don't know. 
One of the best sitcoms I've ever seen, and they fucking didn't renew it. Um, Unsolved Mysteries, that's my favorite show to watch after Brody's gone to bed, and I'm getting drunk on wine on a Friday night, and I'm, like, cross-stitching or whatever, and I just, like, drink a bunch of wine and watch Unsolved Mysteries. I love that. (laughs) It's amazing. It's one of my favorite shows, too. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Junji Ito Maniac, or I think, no, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I I felt like there were more words in that. Japanese Tales of Horror or something like that. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've only watched the first, I think, four episodes, but it's good so far. Yeah, and one of my songs in the music section is the closing song for that show. It do slap, though. Yeah, it's so good. I've listened to it so many times today. Yeah, I feel like... (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) The Watcher was pretty good. I liked that. I love... um, the blonde lady, what's her name? The bend and snap lady. Oh, uh, Jennifer Coolidge. That's it, Jennifer Coolidge. I love her. She's so funny. That's all of the Netflix. On HBO, we watched The Menu recently. I haven't Have watched, watched it. I think Eva wants to watch it. Oh. <laughs> it's wild. I think you're going to like it. I liked it quite a bit. I've real good things yeah. about it. I am starting the second season of Hacks right now. I like Hacks. It's pretty funny. I really like like one of the main characters. She's like bisexual, and I feel like they do a good job of she, like, sums up her feelings really well. Like, she's like, I like having penetrative sex, sex with a man, but um, I feel like I connect more deeply and on an emotional level and therefore can have more satisfying orgasms with a woman. And just, like, I don't know. It was, like, cool for her to, like, define her sexuality oh. so specifically. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so she's funny and socially awkward, and I, I don't know. I like, I like them a lot. Good characters. It has Sweet D from It's Always Sunny in it, too. She plays uh, the comedian lady's daughter, so she's pretty funny in that. The Last of Us. I don't need to elaborate anymore on that. I think you did a good job. I watched... the. We've watched the first season of White Lotus, and we loved it. Oh, I watched the first season, it's too. It's so good. We haven't gotten very far in the second season yet. Um, two but episodes in. Yeah, I think that's where we are, too. Yeah, um, yeah, I like it so much. It do much. be good, though. It's, it's crazy. Brody and I were like, trying to discuss what we love about it so much, and the thing is, there are so many scenes that you can feel the tension building, and you're like, what's going to happen? And then nothing happens. Yes. But it almost is more unsettling than if there had been a big climax in it. And so... It's so good. I love the soundtrack. The oh, yes. yeah, so it's good. It's also just rich people being awful. Like. Yeah, and I love watching a show where rich people are awful and they suffer for it. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, that's why I love Succession so much. Peacock. I've been watching The Resort, which is about oh god, it's so complicated. It's good. It's, it's just two people go missing. Two young people go missing on a resort, and they go missing in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever like figures out exactly what happened to them because they went missing during a hurricane so they're like maybe they're dead but their bodies were never found and then uh current day modern day a woman and her husband they're clearly like having marital problems and stuff they are they're visiting not that resort because that resort closed down after the hurricane but they're visiting a different resort on the island and the wife gets into an like she wrecks her ATV when they're riding their ATVs and she like falls down a ravine and she finds an old razor flip phone and she becomes like consumed like what is what's on this you know it doesn't work so she goes into the town into town and she finds like a cell phone store and she's like do you have any razors and he's like actually I have one why would you want this and she's like just just give it to me buy it I'll buy it so she puts the sim card in it and the sim card still works and she finds pictures of this guy And I think she's able to find his name, so she looks him up, and he's been missing. And she's like, she becomes 
obsessed with figuring out what happened to him. So it's like 15 years later. Yeah, that's right. It's 15 years later and they're, she's trying to like solve this old case of this kid, these two kids that went missing. And it's a, it's really good. I love it. Cause there'll be like scenes from 2007 where you're slowly piecing together, like what the, what the two young people are up to. And then it'll flash like modern day where they'll be like in the same places trying to figure out like what happened. It's, I think the characters are really good. I'm not finished with it, so I actually don't know what the fuck happened to the kids. But it's good. I like it a okay, lot. Okay, I need to watch it. <laughs> yes, yes. I do remember seeing a trailer of that, so yeah. I definitely need to watch it. I think, and the, the guy who plays Chidi in The Good Place is, is uh, the oh, husband. Yes. Uh, so I love him. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, I yeah. have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> and then one more. Paul T. Goldman is a really weird one on Peacock where this guy basically, like, it starts off... Kind of like a documentary, this guy wants to make a TV show out of his life because he's had lots of crazy experiences. He married a woman. Uh, it's his second marriage, I believe. And it like turns out that she uh, just married him for his money and she was running a prostitution ring and that she had a boyfriend and her boyfriend was dabbling in human trafficking. And it's like, it's just crazy, the crazy stuff he had to go through. And then, like, every episode, you're, like, watching him, like, helping to direct it. And he wants to star in it. Every episode, he's just becoming more and more unhinged. And then you're slowly realizing that, like, half the shit that he... He, he thinks that his wife was a prostitute, but he never had any solid evidence about it. And he had zero evidence that her boyfriend at the time she was cheating on him he has zero evidence that her boyfriend at the time had anything to do with any human trafficking he like found he dug through his trash and found like some airplane tickets from uh taiwan maybe or something and then he found like a picture of a girl from taiwan and he just assumed that meant that they were trafficking those girls like it's why and so every episode it's like looking more closely at him like and you you like will see the camera will, like, scoot to the actual director, and he's just, like, holding his head, like, what is this guy even saying? Like, and so, at one point, you, there is a scene where the, the director is basically, like, you just have to sign this, you're handing your intellectual property over to me. So that's why they're able to turn it and make it more about, like, looking at Paul T. Goldman, like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy kind of thing. Is this fiction? No, uh, no, it's a, it's a real thing. Paul T. Goldman is a real man, and he wrote, like, he wrote a book called Duplicity about his experience having, like, a prostitute wife, and he just goes off the fucking rails. He is so unhinged, and you know who, you know who recommended it to us? Uh, fucking Justin McElroy on one of his podcasts. Oh, He was, he was talking about it. He said that it was better than the rehearsal. He thought it was better than the rehearsal, which I don't agree with. The rehearsal is one of my favorite TV shows ever, but... Brody came home and he's like, Justin McElroy said we have to listen to this podcast or we have to watch this show. And I was like, all right, sure. If Justin says so be it. You know, Justin's the one that got me into succession too. So I, I trust my podcast brother. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I had some YouTube stuff, but I've been talking forever. So it's fine. We'll talk about it next time. <laughs> okay. Did you want to talk about podcasts? I really have only been listening to The Adventure Zone and Two Girls, One Ghost. So. Ha <laughs> Not much in the books for me. Brody wanted me to make sure that everybody knows that the new season of The Adventure Zone is really, really, really good. <laughs> he loves it so much. Uh, <laughs> we listen to the new episodes. Um, he, like, Bluetooths it onto our record player speakers. And uh, he'll play Elden Ring and I'll play Sims and we'll, like, listen to the new episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it's yeah, it's really good. Justin's the DM, so <laughs> that's pretty fun. I've He's got on a hinge. record player that was made in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> it came out of season five. <laughs> I like vintage dresses when they hold the pillow. I'm sure they love listening to this. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I've been. I, my cousin got me into this podcast called Something Was Wrong, and I actually really, really like it. It's basically uh, people telling their stories of experiencing emotional abuse, which is like, I really, uh, I like it because it's bringing light to the attention that emotional abuse can be traumatizing mm. if there's nothing physical that happens. Even if it doesn't escalate to the point where somebody is harmed, it still is abuse. It starts off... Basically, the the host, like, heard this story through a friend of a friend, and she was like, I want to get this girl on this podcast, and they'll just talk about it. So the first season is really long, and every episode, the the main character is just, or the woman she's talking to is just detailing her experiences, and then they got such an outpouring of responses and people sending Tiffany as the host, sending Tiffany their own personal stories. She She has enough content to last for fucking ever. So she has, like, really long ones, like, seasons, with, like, one long story. And then the next one is a lady who has, like, Munchausen's. Uh, mm. So a woman who has been manipulated by a lady who had Munchausen's. And then, like, the next one after that, just, like, people dealing with narcissists. They're not all, like, relationships, like, uh, lovers either. Some of them are just family friends. That's the next two are both family friends that got man- that were manipulating them. And mm. it's uh, it's wild, yeah. And, uh... It's, I love it. I was obsessed with it. It's all I listened to around Christmas time when I was doing all my, like, shopping and rapping and stuff. It's all I listened to. So it's a really good one. I suggest people check it out. It reminds me of this uh, thing I discovered on Facebook um, one day when I was just scrolling. You know how you get stuck in the mm-hmm. videos? Mm-hmm. Um, but I found this page called Unfiltered Stories. And I was, mm-hmm. like, really enveloped in it. It's, it can be hard to listen to. Because it's people recounting stories of abuse from their childhood mm-hmm. or just, like, things that they've been through that were traumatizing and horrific, sort of on the lines of that. And, like, one of the girls was talking about the preacher that mm-hmm. she had dealt with when she was young who, like, um, made her feel safe and then um, moved into the, oh, my wife doesn't, um, she doesn't make me happy. Mm-hmm. And then he started having sex with her when she was 13 years old. No. And, um, it was really rough. It, it's, but it's, like, stories like that, and it's really compelling to listen to. Like, it, it's just, like, it's hard to listen to, but I also like that people are, you know, opening up about mm-hmm. those things, so, and I think that's the point of the, the whole page, is just to, like, have awareness about, like, when you're being manipulated by people, especially when you're young. And I think it brings comfort or validation to other people who have experienced those Mm -hmm. traumas too to be like I see or I see or I hear somebody who's gone through the same thing and I see that people are recognizing that it is abuse and so now I don't feel so crazy for thinking I've been abused this Mm -hmm. whole time or something so I think that's awesome Mm -hmm. I love that huh awesome okay that's my main one music yes okay um um so the first song is dark matter by rivals all girl band uh, really badass. I love this song too. It's a great, hard song. Uh, this is why by Paramore on repeat. Yes, that's um, my fave. Signs by Dua Sale. It kind of if you like like Remy Wolf, you would like Dua Sale. Let's say Remy Wolf. Uh, Remy Wolf or Ray Ami. She has like that kind of vibe. She's really cool. 
Um, Too Late Now by Wet Leg. I think you Oh, actually... I love oh, Wet Leg. Oh, <laughs> I like Shay's Lounge. Um, That's oh, a yeah, good, one. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Star Walking by Lil Nas X. I'm obsessed with this song. Okay, why? Did, this is like my power song. Like, I love him. Power song. I love Lil Nas too. It's just, it's like a League of Legends, uh, song. Like, it's like he made it for that. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> but it's such a cute song and I just love it. Um, Session 32 by Summer Walker. Mm-hmm. I think it really showcases her vocal capabilities. Summer Walker is like an R&B artist who, like, really still keeps true to, like, older R&B sounds. Like, she, you know, like, she doesn't use all the extra shit, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Ghosts in the Machine by SZA featuring Phoebe Bridgers. Slaps! It slaps! The whole fucking album slaps, but this song is real good, too. Mirage by Orion Sun. It's sort of like a lo-fi, um, with a little bit of a harmony in it, like, a little bit of vocalizing, and it's beautiful. I think you would love it, Morgan. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I've been listening to The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Oh. I heard it somewhere in some show, and I was like, dang, I, I want that on my playlist for the month. So, yeah. Ah, okay. That's I can't wait to listen to this. I always listen to them when I'm putting them onto the playlist, and I like it. Um, Mine are, I was like listening to Joni Mitchell Radio on Pandora on my drive home from Illinois. Uh, this this fall. This song that I had never heard before by Bonnie Raitt came on. It's actually a cover of a Stevie Linwood song called Can't Find My Way Home. I listen to this song like every day. <laughs> I love it so, so much. Her vocals are awesome. She's in the right range where I can sing it with ease and I, I love singing along to it. Like I want to do a cover of it. Do it! So... I, it's amazing. I love it so much. Uh, it's so fun to sing. You know when a song does like fun little trills and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Mitosis by Andrew Bird. I've been really into Andrew Bird lately. He like plays violin but in a funky way with his music. And his music's really fun. I just love it. Um, I've been super obsessed with PJ Harvey lately. I have such a big fucking crush on her. Speaking of intimidating women. <laughs> um, so Meet Z Monster is a really good one. And then in that same vein, uh, a song called Harmless Monster by Coco Rosie is really, really good, too. Very haunting, melodic piano. And uh, she's singing about basically being like a ghost or a monster with flowers in her hair. And uh, those two songs actually were base inspiration for that playlist that I told you about that I made for Halloween. I made like a playlist that's like basically the concept is... Every song on it, like, you're, like, doing some urban exploration and you're in an abandoned asylum. And every song is, like, you're in a different room and the song is performed by a specter. Like, they're all just, like, haunting or creepy or, like, like big bass drums being hit. Like, that's what Meet Z Monster is. So, it's, I don't know. They're all creepy and haunting. So You should add to it every year. More haunty songs. More haunting. And then throw <laughs> parties and play them. <laughs> yeah, I asked Brody if we could play it at Halloween and he's like, is anybody going to get it besides you? And I was like, no, no probably not. But who it cares? doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll explain the concept of my playlist to everybody that comes up. <laughs> Picture it. You're exploring an abandoned assignment. <laughs> um, uh, and then As the Gods Say by Jojo, which is the closing song for um, <laughs> for Junji Ito Maniac. <laughs> and then I'm going to throw one more on. Honestly, anything by James Blake. I really Is that his name? I don't want to say. It's always... I always say the wrong name. Yeah, James Blake. So he has a song called Retrograde that's really fucking good. 
And he also has a song called Famous Last Words. Not like the My Chemical Romance song. <laughs> Beautiful. His vocals are fucking gorgeous. He gets real low and real high, and he just has a great range. So, James Blake, check him out. James Blake, yay. <laughs> All right, I think we've done a podcast. I think we certainly have. Did we have. do a podcast? You guys are going to love this. <laughs> or you're not going to listen. But hopefully you are listening at this point. If you're, hey, if you're listening to this podcast right now, send us a tweet. Do we do Twitter? <laughs> we got a tweeter. I haven't been on the tweeter in a while. <laughs> don't tweet us. We don't care about Twitter. Insta, um, Instagram. Send us an send us, do something on Instagram. Yeah, send us we'll send see. us your favorite like emoji. Yeah. We just want to know that you made it this far. And then if we don't get any, we'll quit forever. <laughs> just kidding. You can't get rid of us. <laughs> but no, let us know. Because we want to know that nobody interacts with us. <laughs> Granted, we haven't released an episode in a long That's time. That's true. But, but I guess we do this for us. Yeah. But That's still. That's true. Let, let us know that you're listening. Yes. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah. For listening. So much. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do we know how to end a podcast? Um, bye. <laughs> you can reach us on Instagram. Oh, that. <laughs> um, at Goodreads underscore better friends. Is that it? Let me find my page that I've bookmarked. <laughs> All right. Instagram is Goodreads underscore better friends. Uh, if you want to email us, perhaps send us some emails. Uh, that's Goodreads Better Friends Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter is gr underscore bf pod. And then Tumblr is where we put our show notes. Uh, I'll like tell you where you can watch all the things. I link, I put links to things. It doesn't matter. It's just, yeah, you can like get kind of a reference for the things that we talked about. So that's uh, Goodreads Better Friends Pod at tumblr.com. And then one more thing. We make a playlist out of all the songs that we talk about. Uh, I do an individual one for each uh, each episode. So if you just want to listen to the songs we talked about in this episode, I'll make one playlist for that. And then we dump all the songs we talk about in all of the episodes into a playlist called GRBF's Big, Big Juicy, Juicy All-Time Face Playlist. playlist. Yeah, something like lines. that. Those will be linked in the show notes. So check it out. It slaps. I listen I to it. it when I like... I'm in a music rut because it plays since, you know, we have such different mm-hmm. and unique music tastes. It, it's all over the board. So mm-hmm. It's, it's really good great. when we go on, like, road trips together, too. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we can go yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. But you can follow me on Instagram at I underscore each underscore ug <laughs> and or alien underscore art underscore dump. That's my stupid art page. <laughs> it's great. I love it. She makes great art. She makes all sorts of art. I make art that looks good when you squint at it. <laughs> I mean, it's ugly art, but I love it. It's fine. <laughs> Some of the most famous paintings don't make any sense when you stand too close. So That's true. <laughs> you can follow me at Certified Morganic. <laughs> Maybe there's an underscore. I, I think, think it's Certified Underscore Morganic. <laughs> Who am I? Um, <laughs> let me look real quick. It'll take just a second. Certified underscore organic. Exactly what Aisha said. So, uh, thanks for sitting with us or yeah. jogging with us or working with us or whatever you're doing right now. We'll see you on the next episode, we suppose. Catch you on the flip side. Okay, that was stupid. Um, <laughs> it's staying in. <laughs> all my stupid things are staying in. Okay, fine. Uh, bye. Bye. Uh-huh.